Okay, Google, play the Sideline Hustle podcast. Sure, the Sideline Hustle football podcast. Here's where you left off. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Drew Lieberman. I'm slow packing. <laughs> Our days here are numbered. Even the way we've come up in the world, think about it. We've created the website ourselves. We've made this podcast ourselves. Like everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. We talk about doing this show. Yeah, we, we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it. I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in. To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. So, this is an episode that you're gonna wanna buckle up for. I don't know if you've noticed, but lately the Sideline Hustle podcast episodes have, you know, all been under really 45 minutes. I'm not big on longer podcast episodes, uh, but this is a longer episode because as I was producing it, I just I just couldn't cut much out. This this episode was recorded um, about in about January, uh, so you know, eight months ago, and I sit down with four of my really good friends who make up the Somerville High School football staff. All four guys were with me uh, uh, during my time at Rutgers, I've, be, I've built individual friendships with each, each of these guys, and, and I'm very close with all these guys. And we just had a great time talking football, talking about our coaching philosophies, and they kind of took me through uh, their first season all coaching together. Four guys who were at Rutgers at the same time all came to coach together at Somerville High School for the first time last season, and they ended up winning a state championship. So a really cool story, uh, one that is really near and dear to my heart and means a lot to me just because of how much love and, and affection I have for these four guys. Uh, so today on the podcast, I'm with Dallas Whitaker, who is now the head coach at Somerville High School. At the time, he was the offensive coordinator, was just recently named head coach. He's got to be like one of the youngest head coaches in, in New Jersey. He's about you know, 24, 25 years old. Uh, I'm with Sean Borowski, who is the special teams coordinator there. He was a GA with me at Rutgers. We were two of the four GAs. So him and I, you know, have been through hell and back together. Uh, Savon Huggins, who is someone I've become very close with recently. He played running back at Rutgers, ended up transferring to Northern Iowa, and he now runs a company called Do It, D-O-W-I-T, Do Whatever It Takes, uh, a training company, a motivational mindset type company, does a lot of public speaking, and uh, he's, he's, him and I have been doing a lot of cool projects together as well, and uh, and Vance Matthews, who Vance was a walk-on wide receiver at Rutgers, someone who I coached personally for two years, and a kid that I just think the world of, did everything right at Rutgers, ended up playing quite a bit as a senior for us, which is, you know, obviously always a great honor for, for a kid who walks on and is able to earn playing time a uh, ton of respect for him but just just four really great guys we had we had a lot of fun there's a lot of laughter in this podcast um, a, a, a lot of jokes but also so much insight and I'll, I'll say that I, I haven't been around a, a staff that's, that's quite as tight as these four guys and and, and quite as creative as, as these guys are when you hear the way they practice what they do during pregame how how much they love their kids and and what they do to build a championship program it's really is something special and, and it's a program unlike any other in my opinion so I think this is a podcast you're definitely going to want to listen to the whole thing. Definitely going to want to tune in, hear everything they have to say, hear the jokes, hear the laughter. But I think you're definitely going to learn a lot about football and, and get something out of this as well. So I hope you guys enjoy. Need the love of the underdogs on top, and I'm gonna shine on me until my heart stops. Go ahead and beat me. 
I'm Raps MVP, and I ain't going nowhere, so you can get to know me. Get to the love of the underdogs on top, and I'm gonna shine, homie, until my heart stops. Go ahead, envy me. I'm Raps MVP. So this is the squad right here. We got four former Rutgers guys that, in the two years I was there, all, all these guys uh, were here with me at one point. Me and Sean were two of the four GAs together. Dallas was a student assistant during my time there. So the three of us worked really closely together. And then I was, you know, the assistant receivers coach, receivers GA. So I coached, I coached Vance directly for about a year and a half. Um, all right, so why don't we, why don't we just start with, so four Rutgers guys together. You guys, like, you guys had a nice story on NJ.com before the season started about how, you know, it was cool. You guys all coached slash played together at the same time, all ended up at Somerville together. I think everyone thought it was a cool story when the season started. I don't think anyone expected it to end the way it did, winning a state championship. I, I, I mean, as soon as I heard it, I told Dallas walking in, like, I didn't look up the score of the game or, like, anything because I wanted to hear it from you guys first of how the whole thing started. I was just paying attention that you guys were winning. I was super hyped. But I think it's an awesome story. It's cool for me personally knowing, you know, knowing you guys so well as people to see you guys have the success. So whoever wants to start, let's just talk about, you know, let's just lay the journey out from day one this season, when you guys knew you were going to be a championship team and, and what the struggles were along the way. The conversation starts off where I was talking to Dallas about how he kind of created his offensive philosophy, how his experiences as a student assistant at Rutgers helped him form his offensive philosophy at Somerville, which has become a pretty lethal offense. And he was explaining to me that by being a defensive student assistant at Rutgers and, and also working on offense for a year, uh, he was, he kind of combined everything that he saw from a opponents that he liked during his time at Rutgers and we played a lot of air raid teams we played a lot of spread offense teams but then we also played teams like Ohio State and then some other pro style teams and he took something kind of from each of those schools and the audio in the beginning of the interview was a little crappy so I cut that out we go, get right into it when he's explaining to us how his offensive philosophy was built and what has made him successful as the offensive coordinator and now the head coach at Somerville. We played a bunch of air raid teams and just gave up a ton of points and I mean we were playing freshmen at at corner and stuff. So, I mean, that's what happened versus any team. Dallas Whitaker, offensive coordinator, Somerville High School, former Rutgers walk-on, Rutgers student assistant. You know, we played Doug Meacham's team when he was OC at Houston. We played SMU when Hal Mummy was the OC. Um, we played Fresno State when David Carr was a quarterback and Devontae Adams were the receiver. So while you were working on defense, you were just taking bits and pieces from the stuff you liked on a post Yeah, defense. pretty much. And then, I mean, that's exactly what I, for basically for a two-year period there, 2013, and then we moved into the Big Ten, even though I was on offense, is I was just kind of taking everything that I liked for two years. So that's why, you know, like I say that we're air raid, but we run a ton of the gap scheme run plays that, like, you would see, like, Bo Pelini's Nebraska team would run. Yeah. Ohio State does it. So, I mean, I definitely learned a ton from uh, from Ralph Regent, you know, but I was only on offense for one year. Last year, yeah. So, you know, to be honest, like, the way that I call games, or the I've, this is going to sound funny, but, like, what's really helped me, or helps me a lot, is, like, I played so much NCAA football <laughs> on Xbox, and I'm dead serious. Like, I've done hundreds of two-minute drills, hundreds. Yeah. Like, timeouts, right. end-of-game situations. Right. Like, it sounds dumb, but, like, that's a simulation no of what you're gonna do. I mean, I'm, most games, pretty much every game, almost every single game, I don't look at my call sheet. Like we go fast, and I get that. I try to get that plane as soon as the other one's over. I'm not, I'm not even looking at it, because you know, like I print it. Like we, I was started out, 
like out with I a big ass play sheet. Yeah. And started out with <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would laminate it. I would laminate it and have stuff <laughs> highlighted. This situation, this this situation, this situation, this because you're used to like seeing that, and I everything I ever saw at Rutgers was always like pro style. Yeah. The sheets the size of like a diner menu, and it has, <laughs> and I understand why. Yeah. Like if I was putting in new motions and formations, like I would not be able to remember that either. Yeah, yeah. So I thought like that's that's what I knew like that's what I had to do, and so then after finally I kept making these things and coming in and laminating them, and then uh, to not use them. I was like I don't know why I'm making these call sheets anymore. I don't look at <laughs> look them. At I was like I've just went three games in a row. I haven't looked at it. Yeah. Like it's tethered to my waist, so like I look like I belong on TV, <laughs> but like I'm not looking at it. So then finally I was like this is just stupid. I'm just doing things because I've seen other people do it. Yeah. And I just like opened up a Google Doc and made like a little chart and just typed in some, uh, just That's typed amazing. in a couple plays. And then I didn't even look at the thing that I typed. You were just off and the top. yeah, we're just doing it. And so the first game we did that, we scored 82 points. The first game that I made the piece, <laughs> of, yeah, the first game that I made the piece of paper. I did halfway through wow. this year, I uh, I stopped going from a call sheet to a piece of paper. But yeah, I mean, it just to feel like I just knew. I just fe I just felt like I I felt it and I just knew what I wanted yeah. to do. The NCAA um, football thing, I like you feel like that helped you. It was interesting because it reminds me of remember the year remember the year Ohio State won the national championship with those three quarterbacks and they were talking yeah. about how the big way they got like Cardell Jones ready to play was they had that virtual reality shit for him. So yeah. you, like, take mental reps like NCAA football. The two minute drill in NCAA football is like a simulation mental rep for a coach. Like, it's, it's interesting that that correlation between. Them. No, no doubt. And I mean, I used literally. I'm not like I used the same type of offense in that, and had like my audibles. My, I, you probably don't want to go in depth. Like this was a gaming podcast. Right. It'd be pretty good, really but cool, I was yeah. damn good in 2014 yeah. online. It's cool um, too thinking about how you like. <laughs> just let like, you know. No defense. Oh, <laughs> I'm putting up 70 right. points. Just went off the straight off. Like, D Wit 27, that's my tag. Get out of this. <laughs> D Wit 10. D Wit 10. It's cool too, though, hearing how you like created your offensive coordinator philosophy. Like, most guys, it's like, oh, you know, I was mentored by so and so. He taught me everything. Like, for you, it was the complete opposite. You worked on defense your whole life. And I like this piece of this offense. I like this piece of that. And taking the best of all the systems you saw. I feel like it's a pretty unique story. Yeah, pre so. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a system that I, like, came in and uh, and implemented. Like, yeah. I didn't have, like... I always thought... I was remember thinking when I was first doing it, wow, this would have been really easy if I coached somewhere who ran this, and yeah. I would know what to call everything. Has it changed? Has the offense changed a lot since you first got here to, to now? I mean, it definitely got better from year one to year two, for sure. We were more basic, more traditional of the air raid, air raid principles. This yeah. year, we started running like shovel pat, like sh shovel pass, triple option power, and speed option, and triple option inside zone, which was kind of what el which really helped us this year and made us more versatile. But um, no, I mean, I started up like, what am I gonna? Because I was just trying to figure out like how we're gonna hand signal everything because I've never done that. Right. Like it's right. it must be easy, not easy. I don't want to take great credit from anybody, but like, you came from a school, you coach at a school, they use hand signals, they use, like, I knew I wanted to do that, never did it. Right. So like, I had to engineer, reverse engineer a way to do it, and I went around and visited with some people. And, That's cool. And talked to people, but just making up formation names, and we're calling stuff in, I'm like, making the principles, the we're calling plays in the game we've never practiced right. before, that work for touchdowns. Mm -hmm. The principles there, like, it's not... A brand like I didn't make up a new passing concept, but, you, you but like saw the a formation that puts them in, in a exactly. Bind yeah. and, and, and we've you, never practiced that exact combination, but yeah, never yeah. ran it. But we just hand signaled it in, and as long as there's enough disconnect, because like 
like it, the way it works is on a lot of stuff like other things don't affect me like our wideouts don't care about a bunch of the signals like yeah. so they just know like it's 91 i do this like yep. the signal nothing none of that stuff affects me like i have this on 91 so the running back can can shift to empty jump like it's do jump same. a fly yeah, motion yeah. to empty Almost everyone except for the person it could be a cluster formation it could be a cluster three by one it could be a stack like it doesn't yeah. They just line up and be like, how am I going to get to my shallow cross or my dig That's or cool. whatever I'm doing? Yeah, I like that. That's cool, man. What Did you feel like it was a huge boost having like some of these guys back for you as, as a play caller? Like just having more familiar faces around here this year? Oh, I mean, absolutely. absolutely. Did it change? Like, was the program a lot different having this group of guys here, all you guys being close? Like, did you feel like you guys added a lot compared to the year before? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was – the biggest thing for us going into the different year was one. It was like I said, it was a much better because you had a guy. You went from having like a 23 year old who never called a play before as the offensive coordinator right. to someone that had experience. Like whether this, it was, yeah, whether it was successful or not, it had experience. I remember like week six, I was like, geez, like I was really like that six weeks ago calling my first yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. Um, but so the fact like we had a system, so then we were able to bring in, like when we were able to bring Vance and. Um, in Sean on, you know, I was able to teach him a system. And even like when Savon came on, he came on late in the summertime. Like the summertime's not late, but we had already gotten started when we when he, he came on in, in June. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of I learned a lot too, just as far as like, you know, when you're a coordinator, you actually are not just calling plays, like you're coordinating, like making sure people know what's going yeah. on. So like I didn't have a playbook my first year. Like everything was in my head. I didn't have a lot of people that needed to know it. Yeah, right. But it's like my biggest thing was like, how am I, I can't have assistant coaches coach, like actually be invested in coach if they don't mm -hmm. know what's going on. Like they don't know the plays. So like I had I to spend time. I think so many levels of football, the act of actually being a coordinator mm -hmm. is so overlooked. Like people think you're just a play caller. And you forget about the leadership aspect of leading the group of kids, leading the group of coaches, like oh, being organized. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, it's, it's wild. Like, you take that stuff for granted with guys like Ralph who were so good at those little things and had a system like that, and then you're around other guys who are less experienced or just have never been taught that way, and it's like being a coordinator is not just calling the best plays. Like, anyone – it's not that hard. You can play college football and call some – like, NCAA football and call some good plays. Like, that's not what's hard. It's getting everyone to buy into to believing in how you do things. What I think that's funny is talking about NCAA playing Madden or NCAA football. People think, like, when they watch a game, they think that, like, you can just – all right, pick that formation and throw that play in there. Like, well, it has to be practice, and, like, right, people have exactly. to know things. So it's not always like, well, why don't we just do this? Like, okay, that's a great idea. The kids come up with that stuff. Like, yeah. all right, that's got to have a name. It's like, where is it fitting in? And then, yeah. like, what play is you not being practiced? You have to run during yeah, practice. Right. You have to run during the game. The players dictate a lot of, a lot of the play calling, too. That's one thing with us, man. Like, I think a big difference between – being at Rutgers, like being at a D3 score, we have way less. Like we don't have spring ball at Wesleyan, and we have like way less in the preseason. It's like we don't have time to run everything and like run like we just be feel like feel good. We go into games at times where like we never that the play never looked good on Saturday, but we're or, or during the week. I'm sorry, and then we're like, dude, this is we're just schemed up so well, it works so well against a run. We gotta run it and see what happens. Yeah. And I we never experienced that at Rutgers. Like we would never run anything that was didn't look perfect at some point. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. Well, one thing that I like for us on offense is because we follow like the air raid principles, the three-day install. Like we rep everything so many times. So I very rarely do I not feel good about something because there's nothing really new. It's all you know, I mean, reps. Yeah, yeah it's really always, is. like we start on the field June 12th. Yep. 
and I mean, we just roll through so the size. installs. Yeah. I mean, we have. That's amazing. Like two more pieces. We get about 150 plays in a practice. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, what we care like, but this is the thing. Like, we'll practice whatever we practice on like a month, like our Monday. Um, like, okay, so our day two install is our zone plays. Yeah. Like inside zone, like inside zone gets practiced one day a week, mm-hmm. but it gets practiced one day a week, June, on. Right. Like, you're not the offensive line. Does not and because part of what I like about it, because we're always ten personnel formations, there's like there's three boxes that you can see. Like it's never like are we how do we feel about this combo? Like we practice it every single week. Like it's just straight boredom. It's yeah. not the, there's never an MA because the kid's confused. Right. You know, like he's right. just not playing well or, not or whatever, not focused. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. not like yeah, I've like, never seen this no front. Like yeah, it's yeah, spread right. football. There's right. six <laughs> or five guys in the box. There's never more than that. Yeah. You know, so and like, if there is, then where's the front side linebacker? Where's the backside linebacker? Am I covered? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like it's just not. So we were able to carry so much stuff, and I mean, we throw out things in games. Like teams probably wonder, like we just changed our offense in a week. Like we didn't. We just didn't call that stuff for the first two right. weeks of the right. season. You know. You well, that's exactly what happened. Um, we were talking about what was the Scotch Plains week, and we were like, "Yeah, we're not, there was other coaches there." You're like, "Yeah, I'm not really going to call any of this because I want them to see it." And we went like three weeks without calling any plays, and then we threw a whole bunch of um, plays. You didn't run any Hulk for like two weeks because you didn't want um, someone to to align to Hulk. You're like, we're gonna ease up on all of our Hulk plays. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, another like, thing that's funny yeah. in the high school is you get two. The film exchange is you only get two games, so it's not like college where you get every game. I mean, people. You only get two games in high school. People probably go, you can get more than that. I mean, like if you have this friend and people trade games, it's kind of dumb because anyone who cares, if you're not lazy, you're getting more than two games. You you just have to like use connections and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So when you you do film exchange, they send you two, you send them two, but you you can find access to all of them. Yeah, exactly. And I I would say that most people are, pretty much everyone's doing that. Like I said, unless you just don't care. That's the only (laughs) way you're not. But another crazy thing for high school is like we're spread and um, like you talk about like game planning. Well, all right, it's week three, and the team that we've played played a wing T team and an option team. So what do you do right. with that? Like, like no idea. Like, yeah. are they gonna use two safe? Because like, no it's not in high school too. It's not. Its defenses are so unregulated. So you're gonna think like, oh, we're gonna get in trips. And I'm gonna do this. Like that doesn't mean they're doing it that. It doesn't. No, it's you the know? same. It's the same in the next game. Like in my D three football, like it's similar. You know, it's not like. But it's funny because I guess the college level guys think they're college football coaches, so they're like, "Oh, this, they're going to be really disciplined and well oiled." But it's like, no, they're not. Like, they're D three players who are like this is a hobby for them. You know, they're all here to go to school and go to med school and go to better things. It's like, mm-hmm. it's 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 different. And now every single thing that you do matters, and that's the biggest habit. And it ta- it takes every like it takes every kid that we've coached here in two years is either getting it, or but they didn't. They really nobody understood it. That what they're doing every single play matters. Especially, like they think the best is when they try to figure out the progression on their own mm-hmm. and don't understand like if, if it's a half field con- like if we're gonna go here versus this or there and so now you got a guy like I never get the ball on this and right. like well no versus this coverage you are pal and yeah. you got a guy jogging so it's just and yeah. that's another thing that's something I I've tried to help my kids understand Vance Matthews uh, former walk on. At uh, Rutgers University, receivers coach at Somerville High School. 
every concept you run, like regardless if you're getting the ball or not, like you're helping the, the concept develop. Like, okay, okay, I'm running a go, but like Dallas will say, might say, okay, you have to clear the go. Like you don't, you're not really going to get the ball unless our quarterback really just wants to chuck it up. But like they just take that as okay, so I can oh, jog. Really, yeah. But then yeah, they're trying jog- to run a sail route. Yeah, the them jogging the, the corner is still in the in the window, and then it's like okay, well there goes the whole play. So I'm like, he kind of gets into it because to him that go doesn't matter. But saying it to a kid, so I'm like okay, it's you. Your job matters regardless what you do. So I got to teach you like. Your concept means a lot. Your job means a lot. You running full speed means a lot. And you actually doing what I've ca- taught you to do will get you the ball. But if you don't want to do that, then you're going to not touch the ball for four games mm-hmm. and you're going to wonder why. And yeah. it takes so much for them to actually get the ball. I tell our receivers all the time, you have to run the right route. The ball has to get snapped correctly. The line has to block correctly. Your quarterback has to actually read the play out right. I was like, there's five things that happen before you're even a thought to getting the ball. And high school kids, it's really hard for them to understand. Even, I think it's hard for everyone. To even understand even college kids, it's hard for it to you understand. You have such little control. In the end, you really have barely. Even if you're Odell Beckham, you have such little control over the game. Yeah, as a receiver, as a receiver, you're you have the least control. Yeah. In like pretty much any position. Yeah. And I learned and I learned that in just in my second year coaching high school football. This is uh, Savon Huggins, um, Somerville running backs and receivers coach, and also DBs, um, former Rutgers running back in the University of Northern Iowa. Well, you forgot, you forgot you're an NFL free agent, right? Yeah. And, and, and NFL free agent. <laughs> oh, and, and top top twenty five, right? Top twenty five running back in the top ten. Whatever you want, you go ahead. Most high school athletes, it takes for them to fail for them to get like the yeah. concept of what we're yeah. telling them. So like again, like you were saying, like yo, you you need to run your route just as good as the person who's getting the ball because that gives the opportunity for that quarterback to throw the ball to that person. Mm-hmm. So when the ball comes to you, you prepare for it. Right. Yeah. But they don't get that concept conceptually until. It goes wrong for them. They wait. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. thought so you, you do jog, it again, yeah, right? Until yeah, you jog, yeah. right? Right? Exactly. Right. I thought I, I, I was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You jog and go, and then the ball is coming to you. Like, wait. Well, wait. I, yeah. I thought the ball. Well, you're right. No. Like, now if you ball. do what you're supposed to do all the time, yeah. you know, then the ball will come your way, and things are good will happen for you. But like that, that's kind of like the thing. The biggest thing in like high school football, or I think in high school athletes, is that they don't get it until something bad happens. Yeah. And then they realize and like. Okay, now I should listen to my coach. And they listen to you, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like process. They don't really kind of retain the information until after the fact. Or he throws interception, like, wait, I just told you that you need to read it here, here, yeah. and here. You want to read it from here to here, and it happens the wrong way. Okay, now I'm gonna listen to my coach and, yeah. and he's gonna like, yeah, yeah. like now, now it's gonna work. Right. Yeah, right, he, he was, was right. right. Then I do it the right way, then you score and you're like, everybody's patting you on the back, yeah. and I was like, Yeah, well, if you did it the first time, you would have had two touchdowns yeah. instead of one, you know. Yeah. So like this really comes down to like those details, but I think you know, when we establish the culture and we establish, like, the precedent where, like, you know, the expectation for us as a football team and, you know, the players, they trust in us to, to believe in us to the point where if we tell them that, they don't have to, I think now, after especially winning this year and throughout the season, that once we tell them, they don't, like, try to go away from what we told them yeah. and, and figure out their own. Like, now, now they understand, like, okay, 
maybe after the third, fourth time I tried it on my own after the coach has told me that I should be doing it this way. Yeah. And it hasn't worked. So, you know what? I'm going to listen to him this time. Wait, it actually works and I'm having so much success and I'm having fun yeah. doing it. Yeah. So, like, instead of cutting right when the ball's going left, I'm going to go left and it's going to open up for me. All right, now I'm going to listen and now all the success starts to come. Yeah. So, I think that's like, you know, a high school athlete. I think in basketball, even I was watching Everything. in basketball, in yeah. high school, the, the basketball team, like, they don't listen until the coach yells at them or something bad happens like well, oh like you said that stems like from that trust that you right 100 like, right do you right. guys feel like you had that trust in the first year or was that something that you kind of had to build that was years? i mean i think we had i mean the kids were you know it's never as good as you want it to be mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter if you coach yeah. the patriots and you're going to complain that the kids aren't bought right. the players aren't bought in blah 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 but i mean you could look back on it, and it was there. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it took us a little longer to get it this year because we started off. You know, we were winning, but we weren't winning well. And, like mm-hmm. we weren't winning. We were. Like, I didn't feel good about anything we were doing mm-hmm. the first four games. We started off four zero this year, and um, start slow. We were game. we were three. Yeah. yeah like we were three and zero, and I really thought we were going into our fourth game, and I really thought we had a really good chance of losing. Like really good chance, and it's just I mean at just the way we practiced, the way we handled everything that we did. What did you think kind of changed that? <laughs> when we, losing, we, losing, we, we lost a fifth game, we scored again, six. Like, we yeah, lost, exactly. I'm talking. I'm talking. We lost twenty-seven to six. Right. Yeah. But, it, but like, we had been preaching that we were like the way you guys are playing. You guys are you're gonna meet a team that's just as athletic as you, and is mm-hmm. just as like not probably not as well coached, but like a team that isn't gonna be like okay, you guys put up fifty points a game. Like they're not gonna be scared, and that's what happened week five, and it it happened. I mean, for yeah. God's sakes, it, were, it was legit. They're super. Like they the, they dumped water. they dumped the water the on the head coach. It's We beat them twice. We beat them twice. We beat them in the regular season in two thousand sixteen, like fifty nine to. It's 28 or 35, 35 59, 35, 35 yeah. and then we beat them in the playoffs like 47 to still hanging 50 on 20. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But so like they came in here, I mean, ready to go. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, 100%. Ready to go, and everybody hates us, which is fine. I would hate us too. Um, <laughs> why does everyone? And I would hate definitely why? hate me. Why does everyone hate you guys? I, I'm sure people don't like. We have the different color helmets and. The Rutgers guys, and yeah, then right. there's the article, and then we're doing podcasts, and it's like <laughs> you know, you know, and then we're scoring right. fifty right. points. But you a know, game. to be honest with you about that, like as much as people hate us, like I think if people actually knew who we are as yeah. people, like we really develop the like the athletes, like it, like the plays come last. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about the culture, Always. and like we win games, but we're still getting on them about like the little detail that you did wrong, yeah. or like you need to be in class doing X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. it's like. Wait, we're like a, we're a mini college. Right, no, 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 yeah, but seriously, like, yeah. oh, like these coaches are douches, or these coaches run up the score. Like, no, we're not running up the score. We're like, we're trying to get the other we're guys. Trying in. We're trying to make yeah. them better. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but for the most part, crap. like, we really want the best out of them because some of these guys, just to be honest, aren't gonna play college football. Yeah, and this might be this is probably the best time of their life as far as athletics is concerned yeah. so we're going to make it the best time of their life we're going to give them the best opportunities to be successful and yes. Yes. you're going to learn to be prepared for your life after football like being on time and wearing the right proper you know uniforms and different mm-hmm. things like that is more important to us than winning or losing and we just so happen to win because we do those things yeah. you know 
But I, I would think that's like the coming into this, just thinking about what this you know talk was going to be like. I would think that's like the biggest benefit of having all you guys here is is you like I think D one A like true high level BCS football having that experience is more valuable than anything. Hundred percent. It's a different game when you're coaching and playing for your job every day. But I think that I think that is cool. That like like I would think that the culture and the habits you establish at the D one level, competing against the best in the world, you know, I think would be the most valuable things you can instill in your kids. Like it was for me at Wesleyan was just coming in there. Like I was a D three. Like I like I wasn't a D one athlete. You guys all played or walked right. on Rutgers or whatever. Like I was a D three right. player. But having coached the highest level and seen what that's like and how much attention to detail and how mm-hmm. sharp you got to be and how hard kids got to compete, right. like being able to instill that in those kids was. Way more valuable than any technique I taught them or any plays that I brought 100%. there. Like it, it was the culture and the attitude that you learned. And, at I, that and, level. I, and honestly, with that template, like you said, we will always have an opportunity to win a championship, yep. no matter who we have, yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, it depends on you know kids and you know who making plays or anything. But we will, we have the template in order for us to win a championship yeah. every year, year in and year out, like Which we did last culture. year, right? And the culture, once you and build the culture, it's contagious. Hundred percent. So, Sean, you were a newcomer. What did you think, if you had to define, what, what did you think was the secret to the success this season and the, and the magic this season, in, in your eyes? Save us out here pointing right at Sean. I think... Edit that. The big difference to me when I first came here was just figuring out like what was actually practical for me to bring here from Rutgers? Yeah. Like what you can actually take from college and implement into a high school program. This is Sean Borowski, special teams coordinator at Somerville High School, former Rutgers GA. What's your host, Drew Lieberman? Yeah. Um, like just from a special team standpoint, I was able to do many of the things that we did at Rutgers at our time there. A big part of that was having. Vance on staff because just like he was your receiver, like he was he was my guy on special teams. Right. We used him on all the phases. He yeah. was our flyer. So like when I was the Flyers coach when I was a special teams GA, like he was our number one guy. So having a guy like him on staff because you talk about like you don't get enough time as it is at Rutgers for special teams practicing <laughs> this and that. And you get the meetings and time is so valuable. Like it's even less. At the high school level. At the high school level. Like, I'm talking, we didn't meet. Like, my, my practice time on the field was my meeting and our show time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Our, our scout meeting was on the field. Kids didn't know it. I, I put up a depth chart. I say, check it. I had some accountability there. Yeah, right. And that was it. Yeah. And then we were rolling. Yeah. So You guys were good on special teams this year? We were decent. Um, could have been way better. Could have been, could have been much better. I thought I was very, looking back, I was very pleased with every unit. Except kickoff, yes. I wanted to be more dominant on kickoff. Pump but we block, weren't. in my opinion, could have um, been a lot more dominant. But could have had more pump blocks. But we we did block a couple punts. We had a couple punt returns for touchdowns. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we were effective awesome. in those units. Um, the unique thing about high schools, all right, now you're going from a Rutgers roster has got a hundred kids on it to a high school roster where we had about forty-five. So one of the Huge. cool things we did here was. We use special teams as a offensive weapon, meaning our punt team was the same 11 guys on offense that were used as the punt team. We're a rugby punt team, but on fourth down, guess what? We lined up in two by two or three by one and then shifted into it. 
that slowed teams yep. down. And, and then guess what? Yeah. Exactly. And then guess what? Our quarterback was our punter when we were in the middle of the field. So guess what? We'd roll. Sometimes we'd sneak the little tight end out. Throw it right to him. First down touchdown. Yeah. Away we went. And that We had a lot of success doing that. And you really slowed teams down because they're always so worried about the fake. And the next thing you know, like, Quarterbacks weren't the best punters in the world, but guess what? Kick rolls 40 yards, no problem. I, yeah, I can show you film yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that was some good stuff. So I just thought the biggest challenge coming here was just figure, figuring all that out. And it was nice having Dallas and Savon here already to where I could throw ideas off of them. And they said, no, that would work here. Or just do it this way. It'd be simpler for the kids. Or yeah. they, know, they know this, this way, and that. And in that aspect, that was huge for us. And then extra points, field goals, we didn't really do them. We went for two every time. Because, again, again go for we, use, we use every time. We Dallas use our offense. Like I, brought, I brought some of the muddle stuff we did at Rutgers that we would practice every day, but and we never years. ran. Yeah. But guess what? Game one, we used it. And then we ran some other stuff and then some more stuff. It got to the point where my man here just literally YouTube muddle formations. And, <laughs> and that was our stuff. So we, yeah. took, we took one little thing off of YouTube yeah, yeah. and Your had group. great success with it That's awesome. and then just had little variations of it week to week and I just thought that made us such more much more dynamic throughout the year because now you're up eight nothing instead of seven nothing what's a total yeah, different no strategy it's almost a two possession game absolutely no it definitely makes us it's funny like when we put the muddle in and the different punts and stuff in like we practice it every day and on top of the plays that we don't call in the game, because we don't make many, not need to use them. Yeah, they have to account for that, the punt, the muddle. Yeah, and literally it's like a whole offense. And my muddle's a whole another offense. Yeah, the special you teams, a whole offense. Yeah, so like rugby yeah. punt, right? So it's the just muddle, the muddle stuff, which is uh, really good. I mean, I was coming up with some. I came up with a couple good things on my own, and then someone, I was like. There's got to be better stuff out here. <laughs> so one time we put in this new thing, and it's really good. It's my favorite one. And uh, one of the kids was like, because I had been making up. Sean brought some, and then I expanded on them, and then I made one up completely on my own. And then the That's best one, doing. the best one, I, we put it in. And one of the kids was like, Coach, where are you coming up with this stuff? I was like, well, this one, I Googled muddle field goal. And <laughs> Like that's that's how we put it in with the kids. We just clicked on a link and, and like this is yeah. this we're calling hot, this is what we're calling ice, this is what right. we're calling cold, this is what we're calling sprint. We'll signal it from the sideline depending on what look they give us, and away we went. I think it's awesome putting so much emphasis on special teams though, because it puts teams, it puts the opponent in such a, a bind. Whereas every week they can get away with affording five minutes a day to special teams. Now you got a team that does all this mm-hmm. different stuff that can beat you. Say, well, now we got to take twenty minutes away from our indie period or whatever to focus 100%. more on special teams. That changes everything for them. We practice ones and twos like I don't do just ones if the twos can't do it we ain't doing it so ones and twos go in five minutes a day we are running at least eight different muddle plays out of at least three different formations with the ones the twos and we're doing field goal in five minutes and I could promise you first of all all those things are getting run yeah they're showing up they're getting run in the game (laughs) and I can promise you the other team is spending way more than five minutes or if they don't like we just score five touchdowns and have forty points yep. in the first half, which happened this so year. So you guys, so to get that accomplished, you guys must have been going crazy with like your energy and practice and getting guys moving. Yeah, yeah. Still lose the still lose the old voice yeah, down there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. My voice was gone literally. I, I'm like camp. I don't know how to not scream. Like can't be. My voice was gone day three of preseason. I seriously got it back like a week ago. 
I'm not a. Like, it was. It was never like I couldn't talk. Like, my mother would always ask me about sick when I was on the phone. Right, but right. I'm not gonna have a voice for the next That's three hilarious. months. Dallas is. The, I'm not a big yeller. Dallas yeah. is the yeller. I do yell. Mm-hmm. I, I, I pull kids aside. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big yeller. My thing is, I'm not gonna yell at you if he's already yelled at you. So yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, no, it's a good You can't have two people yelling. He'll yell and he'll get your attention, but you may not hear it, so I'm gonna go and tell you what you need to do, right? Plus, and we're blasting music the whole practice. That's too, so like, I can't just so, talk to you. Yeah, but I yeah. do. I do. I mean, it gets in. It gets intense. I don't treat them any different than I would treat. Like if I was coaching in Division One, I, I would coach the same exact way, which I is not easy at first totally for a high school agree. kid. Totally it, is, is. it is not easy no. for them to take yes. it. They're not used to it. Um, you know, that's coaching generally. But then even the way I'm definitely intense. It's not. For every high school no, player, every, every kid loves with. No they get that. used to it, but they yeah. understand once they it's figure not personal. it. Once yeah. they figure it out, like right. it's not for almost every single kid. It's not a big deal. No, but once, care. like, but at first it, it is. Um, I mean, at first it uh, <laughs> it is it is definitely a big deal. But I mean, I, to be honest, I don't want to yell. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yell. Like, there's the best practices. Obviously, I'm not yelling, but like, you. You never know what's gonna show up like mm-hmm. on your Tuesday or Wednesday practice coaching high school. You yeah. have no 100%. idea. And then like there's always some kid is always out there trying to sabotage you. Oh. <laughs> Every practice yeah. someone's out there yeah. trying to sabotage yeah. you. Yeah. It could be a starter, it could be a scout team player. Somebody is actively trying to sabotage yeah. your operation every day and you don't know who it's going to be it's like a sleeper cell yeah. like really? you're, you can't prepare for it it's going to happen you don't know when it's really? going to happen no, no but i feel with that saying like you know you would treat these guys just like you would a d1 coach or d1 player like, you have to be true to yourself as a coach mm-hmm. and yeah. whatever is natural like mm-hmm. it was the same with me at like, coming to wesley no one had ever been as intense as i was in, at that d3 school like and i got there with a Rutgers mentality a d1 mentality and it took those kids a while to adjust like the whole mm-hmm. spring to adjust well, eventually, I used to. Once they realize it's not personal, and they realize you still care about them, like they just get used to it and they, they figure it out. It's, all, it's almost to the point where if we yelling at you all the time, and there's that one or two kids that don't get yelled at, like they feel they like outcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. wait, like coach ain't never get on me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what you do have to do in in high school though, is when you're trying to coach at, when you're trying to get things done at a really high level. So whatever it is, and for us, it's always route running is always the biggest thing mm-hmm. that you know. They don't, and we run so many routes in practice and our routes on air periods, because um, we have five quarterbacks going, five receivers, everybody's getting a ball every rep. Um, they don't always, the kid doesn't always come and bring the focus that you need. It's right. like sometimes he could be really good, sometimes he's not really good, but right. even when he is really good, like it's a 16 year old that's been playing wide receiver for maybe 18 months, because like I said, whatever went on like in seventh and eighth grade, Means doesn't mean anything. All all it does probably is inhibit him. But you can't be. You can't. You actually sometimes have to stop coaching because it's like, all right, he fall stepped. The that break point was terrible. Like he didn't attack the ball out front. So like you have to. You can't. You just can't. Like I see things that are wrong, but sometimes like if one thing's good, like it has to be positive. It cannot constantly be Mm -hmm. because to be honest, like it's there's no way that any of these kids are going to be able to do what I want. It just, it's just—it's not happening. Like yeah. it's just not happening. I think that's one of the hardest things as a coach, though, is to choose what you're going to praise or what you're going to focus on because you can't get it's, everything accomplished. Yeah. So you got to sit down. Like if you're a receiver, what are the six most important traits that I need to see instilled in my guys? Where mm-hmm. if they only have those six, I'll sacrifice everything else. And then mm-hmm. once you get those six, you kind of go on from there. But I think it's hard as a coach to kind of figure to prioritize those things. Yeah, and that's that's where my intensity. I I'm like uh, Matt Simon. I wear my cleats out to practice. I know Dude, Fleck awesome. did that. Yeah. Um, but I do it because 
at first I was wearing sneakers. I was like, I have to show these kids how to do certain things. So then I just started wearing cleats. I was like, okay, so if I have, if they're running bad routes and they don't know how to run it, I have to be able to show them at full speed. I'll be at practice sometimes. We won't have a three go, so I'll hop in sometimes, keep myself fresh. But um, <laughs> um, but like that's like what I try to bring. Like everyone, all five of our kids are could touch the ball at one point. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to run your route. Um, one tacking the ball out front. And that's why I got into catching. I was like, we're gonna just focus on catching the ball. Um, but yeah, you just gotta gotta try and I try to get down on their level at some point and just try and teach a kid how to do something by showing because sometimes just telling them um doesn't really work like you said they're a 16 year old kid you have to show a kid what to do so i said i'll just wear cleats out to practice i'll just run around school kids are sometimes you might as well be speaking chinese to them they're (laughs) nodding at you but they're not here (laughs) well the best thing too is like you come in is you come in and like you're using all these words and that's all they are. It's words. They're just words. Like yeah. I try. Like, so I've, I probably lost, like, vocabulary that I had when I was a student assistant, yeah. just because it's just not useful. I mean, it would be like if you learn Spanish and then you don't ever <laughs> are around anyone who mm-hmm. speaks Spanish, 100%. because it just. I mean, that's what I try to. I just try not to use words that they're not going to understand, and I think like. There's a lot of great like clinic words and people use like. Yep. Now I'm drawing a, a blank on some, but I like. So they're gone. I, just yeah, they're gone. <laughs> like I said, they're yeah, gone. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like to coach to co- like to coach just to say words that like you've heard on a clinic tape because like Pete Carroll said it at like right. the Nike Coach of the Year clinic. Right. And, like what is that? Like how how are the kids gonna digest? What is that? I'll give you an example. So so think about remember how we always do the duck walk thing with receivers, yeah. right? And and Ben and Cam, we always call it a hip shift. Yeah. I just call it a duck walk. Yeah. Like duck walk, like, oh, don't, you don't have to say like, hip shift them. Mm-hmm. Just duck walk the kid. Like, yeah. it's, you don't have to na- have two words for the yeah, same that's thing. You know a, what I mean? That's like, another something thing. Something little where, like that. That's where coming into Q. yeah, coach, you have to yeah, coaching yeah, cues. Yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, being yeah. that's what separates a good coach from a great coach, 100%. from a great coach is like being able to tailor a coaching method to certain kids, and yeah. everyone here does it does it really well. Um, and I think that's another reason why we're successful. We can. You can re- relate to kids because obviously you're a high school kid at one point. Right. And we're not far off. We're all young. 24, yeah. 23. Um, I also think that's dope. Being a young coach and like really like being able to get to know these kids. And yeah. Some of my players that have graduated, like some of my closest friends now, because it's like mm-hmm. we had a player coach relationship. When we played. You have to kind of keep that. But like well, I'm three yeah. years older than you. Like, so I don't have to pretend <laughs> right. like I'm, I'm ten years older than you. Like right. you're a cool exactly. kid. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes it get too cool. They won't follow me on Snapchat and stuff. I'm like, yeah, listen, nah, like nah, nah, nah. you gotta separate this now. <laughs> <laughs> like all right, cool. Like yeah, we can be cool and all that, yeah. but not till you you graduate and all that. That's not funny. Um, Sean, compare compare the lifestyle <laughs> as a coach here compared to being a GA at Rutgers. It's exciting for this one. <laughs> this has been the question I've been holding on to for right. eight months. I knew I can't wait to get to this one, Sean. Starts with this. Ready? Sundays off. <laughs> <laughs> yup. That's an amazing part about it, actually. Amazing. Yeah. Like, I hated, hated Sunday. Hate, like, I remember waking up at, like, whatever, 8 o'clock and just being like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be there day. for 12 <laughs> hours. Yeah. Jeez. It's, it's wild, though. So Sunday's off is a big one. And then out of here at the latest 7 o'clock. 
any yeah, any given time. That's even that's a stretch. A, that's amazing. That's there wasn't there wasn't one time this year where I was tired or I didn't get enough sleep or anything like. Good for you. I wasn't burnt out this year. Like always, like this was the first season. I didn't put any weight on during it. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, That's awesome, man. Same weight I was in June as I am right now. And last year going through the season, I was 200. It's and a lot. I was getting a little closer to 225 around Christmas. <laughs> like, just goes to show you. There's no doubt. You know what's, what's interesting about, too, coaching in high school is you really know, you find out what's important. Yeah, because yeah. And, and what I mean by that is like as a G so like I come in like I'm going to do all this stuff just the way we did at Rutgers breakdowns all this stuff well there's not like three quality control guys in a GA to do it for me right. so I have to like so if you're going to do it all I'm going to yeah, do everything like, yeah I'm going to do like essential. like going to do what's important like yeah. what matters and what shows up so yeah. like I used to do these like extensive blitz breakdowns and all this stuff and then I'm like I'm doing this for one person to use. That one person is me, and I'm not using it. So why am I spending my Sunday doing this down and distance blitz report that tells me nothing? Just because some guy you worked with did it. You because think it's like yeah, because we did it ex exactly. Same there's, with your call sheets. There's a you lot, saw yeah. everyone you worked before you had it. Saw a big call sheet. You're like this, is, this isn't how I. This isn't what I do. Yeah, I don't need this. So another big thing is all right. So you start practice like three o'clock. You're on the field sometimes. Well. None of us work in the high school. Right. So, well, I mean, we work, some of us work in district, so some of us will get attendance reports, this and that, like know who's late, whatnot. Well, I don't get any of that. So, all right, some days, all right, special teams got to roll 3 o'clock, right? Well, I'm calling for everybody up. Well, dude's not here. Well, where's dude at? Well, detention, tutoring. Or he wasn't in school today. Okay, cool. All right, well, now I got to get the depth chart, call the backup up, and then ho hopefully I get him Wednesday or Thursday. Is, uh, so he's at practice. That is something I wasn't, like, like I never thought can't, of in yeah. high school. You like, couldn't make it up. That's like, amazing. You never had to worry about that kind of thing Ever. in college. Like, dudes were always there, or guess what? The trainer came and told you that guy wasn't practicing today, so you had an hour minimum like emergency yeah, emergency emergency hour before to switch some things around repost the depth chart this that and the third no here it's all right well that would always be the he's stress. in tutoring so he's not here right now you're gonna have to figure something out <laughs> right. and you never knew before practice no, you always was, knew was, like, <laughs> i don't know if you guys understand this though like but as gas when like one of y'all was like last let's say you roll your ankle on your way to breakfast right like, mm -hmm. an hour before practice it was crazy to us how stressed we would get, not because you're missing practice, we couldn't care less, because we had to have a depth chart done, a new depth chart done within six and a half minutes. You know what I mean? Like, we're in our studio or whatever, like the amount of pressure and urgency, like, you better print this out again. It's like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. I can just tell Savon's backup. Right. Like, he's up. Like, I don't need to print out this whole thing. Well, that goes right back to the stuff that matters. Exactly. Like, and like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what really matters. Yeah, like, that doesn't, reposting the depth chart wouldn't matter. Like, mm. think about how many times, Sean, like, the iPad was stuff, like, our playbook, and, like, I would get yelled at, and it's like, that whole thing, man, was insane. Yeah, that's something I didn't even think about, like, coming here. Like, So if you guys had to say, pinpoint what you all think was, like, the key to winning, what you guys do best, or what was, mm -hmm. you know, if you, had, if you had to write a book on the number one thing that you guys do best that was the key to your success this year, what would you say? I'll be honest with you, it's funny because I, I did make this up, but I, I don't know, I just stumbled upon it. And I, it, for some reason, in the middle of the season, I started saying ATD. <laughs> And it means attention to detail. Yeah, By the way, right. I hated that. Honestly, everybody knows it. <laughs> right. And and honestly, no, like 
It's annoying. It really is. Yeah. And it was a, I started a lot of night. I started off in the uh, weight room as a joke. Like, like, yeah, just like, you know, just saying it. And like, it really just started to resonate with the kids. Yeah. Like, all right, like, the best way for me to get them to understand what I'm saying or what a coach is saying something is just listen lock to your, in. yeah, just lock in. That's, that's your way of locking ATD, attention to detail. If you just do your job, attention to detail, everything else will just take care of itself. But it literally started out as a joke. Like, I was yeah, just playing around yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. And like, literally, kids on the sideline were like, ATD, <laughs> like this is crazy. Like it was literally just supposed to be a joke. Yeah. And but the kids like started to buy in and get it. And like when we all were trying to coach, whether offense, defense, special teams, or be showing up late to practice and things like that, that all fell in the category of attention to detail. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. like that was just kind of the thing. Like ATD, like I don't care whatever it is, ATD. That's it. And that helped. I think you know, for me, I think it helped me get to the kids in a way, aside from the coaching aspect of it, to just kind of say something to them real quick. It's also easy to digest. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, 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 just to lock in my eye. Right, yeah, 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 I, I, I got I to get on mine. And so, they, so the other thing that was key here, just the culture that these guys instilled here before, well before I even showed up, just the way we practiced was very impressive, leaving Rutgers and coming here. The way we practice offense, it, I mean, you, you wouldn't think you're at a high school practice the way we we went, we moved. Yeah, that's awesome. It was impressive the way we structured our team periods. We rolled one thing into the next. Time time waited for no man. We didn't hold the clock at all. We just moved. How long do you, how long did it take you guys to get that accomplished? You think that first year? We probably, to be honest, the, the tempo and all that stuff. I mean, really got it. Like I got it done pretty much in the first day, really, because it like I think. I would go around to high school practices because I always knew I wanted to be a high school coach. Like when I was playing and then I was a student assistant, I'd go around back to like Immaculata practices. Um, I mean, that's pretty much where I was at or anything that I would go to. And, uh, you know, I told myself like the first time, like if I'm going to do this, like that's what's important, not the dig route or the mesh point on inside zone. Like that's not what's going to, what's important right now. We've got to set the tempo that we're going to practice at. So like, I didn't worry about coaching plays or anything like that. Like it was first practice was was probably a mess. I mean, as far as um, kids knowing what to do. I mean, pretty much what we had was I had every coach. Like we weren't even trying to learn anything. I had their coaches had the script, and they didn't really know the offense yet either because it was pretty new. And I mean, I was it was set, but like I'm still figuring it out exactly everything that I want to do. So like the assistants didn't really know it. So it would have this play and I would say, you're going to stand by the L who's the outside receiver on the left. You're going to stand by the R and they would just say like six yard in five yard. And like, so we weren't really learning anything, but we were practicing practice. Yeah. You're practicing how to practice. Right. So then once we learned it and I mean, now I script practice periods down to within 30 second intervals. So like a practice period could be five minutes and 30 seconds long. I might, I would probably do, um, yeah, I mean that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, five minutes and thirty seconds. I've never yeah. seen that much detail. Yeah, and I we go by the clock, so like I don't. It's it's my that, fault. Two and a half punt period stuff like that. That's unbelievable. And, it's, and when it goes from okay, we're in training camp and day one install is an hour and five minutes, yeah, and then seventy. So yeah, you start at seventy minutes. It starts at seventy minutes, and then we're week five in the season. It's down to like fifty, or it's down to. 45 it's it's all the same it's all the same Mm -hmm. stuff we're doing the same stuff but our kids know it that much more we're going through practice and we're offense is done in 50 45 minutes 
Yeah, like our, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, our first two periods is is settling noose two minutes, yeah. routes on air two minutes, um, ball security three minutes, and then we just jump right into like uh, like our where we work routes on air with all our quick game stuff, and that gets down to like by the end of the season that's like five and a half minutes and five minutes, and like I said, it goes down to we get down to thirty second intervals. Like we're jumping, um, we're jumping the periods, and there's still time on the clock from the period before. So we don't, we don't waste any time. That's really cool. Yeah, I did not want to be like, do it again. Right. <laughs> like, like, I don't, I really, I did that more this year just because we were more inexperienced. But like lat, the year before that, like it doesn't, I don't need to see it done again because like one out of the 50 times we've run inside zone, the quarterback fumbles the ball. Right. Like it doesn't, it's not that we've big. just repped it a ton of times. Yeah. So I'm not going to, so we got to stay on schedule and move. Because yeah. we got to practice offense and defense. Yeah. There's no two like defenses going yeah. well. Right, 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 right. It's like you're doing it at the same time too. That's another big thing. So here, here's another question I got for you guys. I remember reading that article and I think one of the headlines, one of the quotes was the summer bowl practices sound a lot like Rutgers practices because you guys obviously all came from Rutgers, probably similar ter- similar ter- terminology. But I was thinking about that and I know all four of you personally. I was like, these are all pretty positive, like happy, upbeat dudes. Mm-hmm. Now Rutgers like practice were pretty damn negative. Coaches, you know what I mean? Like right. coaches were getting at you, like whether you're a young coach, you were getting yelled at, or you're a player, yeah, like there's a lot of negative talk that like kinda they used to motivate guys. Is that how you guys as a group motivated the kids or was was that I think that it's just the words. Just it's the, it's the, the taglines, ball yeah. secure or high, high and tight, tight, the ball's the program, yeah, weapon. Stuff like, stuff like that is what I you mean, think with the similarity. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, think nothing, that that's nothing, what that came nah, from. Yeah, nothing, but not nothing. like, so you, you guys try to say pretty positive with the players. Yeah, and, and the thing about it, we all have like different ways of doing it too. Like, you know, like Witt has a different way of being positive than I do. And, Vance does and Sean does. Like I might dance around. Like Witt ain't doing no damn dancing. Like <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing that. You know what I'm saying? But like you know, we just have different ways of doing it. But we, everything gets accomplished the yeah. same way at the end of the yeah. day. And, and that's what you know makes it you know fun and the music yeah. in the background. You know, like music it, it, helps. Yeah, music definitely helps. The music is huge. I don't yes, know it. how teams practice without music. Right. Now. Yeah, no. Bro, you know, One time a song went off early in a period. Like I messed up when and I made it for like a year. penny. And it was like for like three minutes. It was like. This is awful. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here right now. Right. So how about, how about at Wesleyan, we actually hired a DJ who was in town, a live DJ, who could fake 50 bucks a practice. We showed right. up three days a week and actually, like, like as if it was, like, a club. Like, uh-huh. DJ yeah. or, or practice. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so kids is, would be, like, off to the list. They would, yeah, you know, kids would go up and go, play that, play that new Cardi B or whatever. Like, uh, hear that, that would get them even more. Dude, our like, kids hated Cardi B. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I, saw, I loved it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, loved too. I loved it. It's funny because as a coach, you're like, man, that shit shouldn't matter. But it does matter, man. Like It does. Because you know what? Because you said it's not about, like, it's not about us. Like it's, it's about not. what they what what they like and yeah. that's and what they want to do. Like it's not our team. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. We used to sit back on game day and like the kids would be a little uh like we're in pregame warm, the kid would be a little down. And then I used to handle music on game day for home games. And I was like, if the couple kids can start dancing, I was like, fake energy will create real yeah. energy. Yeah. And as soon as like a good song came on and all the kids start bobbing their head and then some of the kids start dancing and then you can feel the whole oh, cool. energy of our team get lifted up and it's like okay now I feel like we're ready for game ready, day yeah. but music for especially for high school kids it, it does it you know, the way music connects to football sports in general but it's like a crazy relationship no, 100%. I like on talk I bet it would no, no, no. <laughs> there's no one who dances our team to like <laughs> so you know how like you go out and you run a uh, plays 
like whatever. A lot of what's common in high school is they'll go like you get in the line, nobody no can, see. can see you. Yeah, first of all, you, you can, can go down to the thirty-five yard line on your side <laughs> yeah. and watch. See, I just walked the opposite. So, I'm on my side and I walked the opposite side of the fifty. I don't know what's happening. So, well, you do that like in, in a lot of high school. Like, all right, this is our new play. Let's rep it. Like, first of all, like pal. <laughs> If you gotta rep that stuff twenty minutes before the game, like, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, probably ain't getting it done. But so we just run trick plays the whole time. That's when we practice really? trick plays. And well, and we run wishbone triple option. Our first play is wishbone triple option to the left, wishbone triple option to the just right. The yeah, I mean, now that I'm putting it on the podcast, it's and they listen to it. It's not going to be. But well, I can take it no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but we know we just run trick plays and the kids have fun and we throw our last with the ones go and our last plays East Heat Q throwback. And the quarterback catches it, I go, Woo! <laughs> and then uh, the twos go, and then we do it again. The quarterback catches it, I go, Woo! Well, we, we do so much stuff that you watch our pregame, you're like, Oh, they really might be gonna, they really might. They run like, that we to could us. run it. We could run it. At some point, he was, like, run, he was like, None if, of those. If we want, he was like, If we want to, I could tell the kids. Wishbone, triple ops are right. Yeah. And they're going to run it. It's not like we haven't repped it. We run Muddle. <laughs> Muddle is a regular conventional offense place. Just don't have a play pass. Week, week one, we Who's opened up and had success with one of the plays guys down really? like the two yard line. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. So, like, now every from there on out, every team I have to prepare for Muddle, which I can only imagine yeah. not easy in high yeah. school. No. Yeah. yeah, I just like to try to challenge a little bit of conventional wisdom. Like, I don't try to reinvent football, mm-hmm. but, like, things like that. Well, because it, I, I mean, think it's a great end, way of putting it. Try to, try to challenge conventional wisdom. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's so much in coaching where it's like, oh, this is the way it's done. I've, this worked This worked 20 years ago, so yeah. I just do that as the blueprint. It's like, nah, nah, everything's changing. All Here, also, here's the thing, too. All right, high school, you got teachers that are coaches. <laughs> so, all right, well, if a block punt doesn't go their way, they're not losing their teaching job. Right. So, right. At the high school level, people feel there's not, like as much there's not as much pressure to call or not to call fakes, or you can gamble a little bit more. Yeah. You feel better about it, going for two all the time or going for fake punts, this and that, for those reasons. Because you gamble on a fake punt in the SEC and it doesn't go your way, you know, he, you he, he, you're not coming in the <laughs> office. Straight up, right? Right? Yeah. So. That's what's so crazy, man, about coaching at that level. Because like you're gonna put in a that shit better be perfect. Otherwise, be you're perfect. otherwise your kid well, needs to either, find food. That like, you have no way of providing. It's either you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, or you're gonna be Billy the Hobo on the street the next day. Yeah. Like there's no intermedium. Right. Any get off the practice field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, you are you're, you're not a head coach anymore. Yeah, but Dallas, talk to me more about that. How your thought process of like just trying to con- challenge conventional wisdom of, of little things like running trick plays and pregame and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just try to figure out like what actually matters and like what wins football games and what doesn't. Um, so, I mean, the pregame thing was one like I remember like at Rutgers, we just ran a fake run play on offense versus a fake defense. So I was like, why aren't I just running trick plays? Because we're not running that play. So yeah. why does it have to look like a real play? Something we do. Um, hmm. You know, I think that's dope. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I I love it, and I know I love I love when the other team like walks into the locker room right as we're doing it, and they're like, what is going on? Yeah, over here? Yeah, yeah. The best one was. Uh, the best one was the first scrimmage. Uh, so, like, all this stuff is like, oh, that's outside the box. But, like, when that was my first time doing it, it's like, what is this idiot doing? Now that there's, like, a thousand points behind it, yeah. it's like, okay, this stuff works. But, um, <laughs> like, we're scrimmaging a team that it, 
that is really good in the first time. And, like, the head coach is walking. I heard this from one of our assistants. So the head coach is walking down. And the other team's head coach is walking down as um, we're warming up and we're doing it. And the guy's like, what is going on over here? Because <laughs> we're just working all these uh, these trick plays. I mean, you know, I'd have to think. Now, so much of the stuff that I do, I don't ever, like, pat myself on the back, like, oh, this is conventional and you're not doing it. Yeah. So I don't, I'd have to, like, think. Yeah. I know that there are things that I was doing. It's just. Um, it's just a cool mindset. They go into it, you know, like, and plus I feel like it's got to make football more fun for you guys, more fun for the kids. Well, I think, no, that's, that's definitely true. Um, I think a couple of things were like, I mean, this probably goes on a lot of places, but like the kids make their own hand, the kids make the hand signals. I don't make the hand signals. Anything new that goes in, like, I don't name it. Like if we're going to change something, like, tell me what, like, this is what I want to do. Tell me what we're going to call it. Um, I try to give them as much possible ownership as we can um, our JV quarterback this year called his own plays like but that, that was in, but that was intentional yeah like I wanted to develop him as a football mind it wasn't like Vance was down running the JV offense it wasn't like you want a coach yeah, yeah no I wanted him to learn and his like his development is I can't even tell you how much smarter he is and like he like could be in this podcast right now and like if you just made him look older, like he would be able to say things that made sense to you right. because of he literally coordinated a JV offense. And he, t- and he told every skill position player what to do before every play. Like that's how well he had a really grasp cool. on everything. Yeah, so you want to talk about ownership really cool, and like yeah. being accountable? Well, guess right. what? If you don't know what that guy does, he don't know. And if you don't know, <laughs> nothing's <laughs> happening. Nothing's right. going to work. Um, you know, so that's probably just like one little thing. That's really um, cool. He was almost like an assistant coach during the playoff run. Like, really? he, he's yeah. impressive. He'd be like, "Well, would this work? This work?" Like, he would ask the question, but he kind of knew the answer. But I mean, he's only a sophomore, so he would always phrase it like that. But like, hey, yeah, no, that's good job, little shit. You got one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's that was awesome, that was definitely uh, definitely one of the things. I mean, and he <laughs> learned a lot. Like, he would make the classic rookie mistake, coaching rookie mistakes, like. Or somebody that doesn't fully understand it, like come up to me and like, hey, what if we did this, this? I'm like, all right, great, except what would I call that? And yeah. we've never practiced it. <laughs> yeah. So like, yes, I'm happy that you recognize that would work. Or the best is like, you know, he can do that. And like when we're just scoring 50 points in a game, like, okay, feed me your yeah. little nonsense. Right. And I'll listen to it. <laughs> but it's like, Justin, we are down by 14 right now. Listen, I appreciate your input but I'm better at this than you if I can just sit here and think I'm probably coming up with a better idea so like please just sit down and just stop for two seconds just stop but I mean he would come up with he'd also say things where he'd be like hey since we can't block that guy like why aren't we just running why aren't we just running uh like speed option at him and stuff like and it'd be like yeah that's a really good idea thanks we're gonna run that first play the next possession like how'd that feel you just called that yeah that's Um, awesome and then he'd signal in the wrong motion on the third first third down state championship but and which he thinks really helped like he really thinks that's we did gain 70 yards or something like that on that play but (laughs) that didn't help all right so let's get into that let's talk about let's talk about the playoff run and how how and how that started what like talk about how it became when you guys knew you're like man we you guys coming to the playoffs you guys you guys view yourselves in your mind as the favorites so you think you were that good or not I don't know if the fa- we knew we had a chance. Not the yeah, favorites. not the. F- we were just worried about one game at a time, and yeah. we knew if we got to the game, the game that we would have a really good chance because we know we'd be well prepared for for it at from a coaching standpoint. Right. 
Yeah, it's. I agree with that. I mean, so New Jersey, there's a ton of, there's 24 right. teams that won the same thing that we won, actually. Right. So there's, groups. yeah, so and there's 20 of them are public schools, four are private. Um, so it's an eight-team bracket, and you play one game, first round, second round, the third game is the championship game. Uh, so we were the second seed, so we played our first game at home. Um, and and I don't like, <laughs> to be honest, I am nervous for every single game. Side note. Like, side note. You you have to address Whitaker's oh, attire. Uh, attire. His winter oh, attire. <laughs> winter uh, attire. Uh, uh, <laughs> right let's go there right now. Who wants to take that one? First, right. Okay, so the first let's let's set the, <laughs> yeah, let's set yeah, the tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first playoff game. Was twenty degrees. First of all, it's colder than that, and it was the coldest no. game I've ever been involved. No, it was the coldest game the I've real, ever been involved. The real temperature was so. twenty, but the wind chill brought it down to like twelve. Yeah. Right, right. So, okay. so cold. So yeah, so very cold, obviously. Um, so Coach Vanderbeek bought hand warmers galore, body warmers, uh-huh. this, that, and the third. Savon's gonna tell you about what Dallas had on, how many layers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. So you know we we go to we go to meal first. So Dallas doesn't have all his attire on first. He, he's kind of like a thing, you yeah. know. So you know we go to meal and everything. Come back. We hang out, watch watch TV. Then we kind of like maybe an hour out before we get out on the field. Half hour come That's around. Like Gotta start getting ready, guys. <laughs> so he goes back in the little locker room in the back corner. Full just du- down. Full, full duffel bag. Full, full duffel bag. Strictly of it, just his attire. <laughs> Literally just of his attire. Just bought some boots off of Under Armour Amazon. <laughs> right, right. Has insulin freaking, uh, what you call it? Uh, what Insulated. do you call it? Insulated. Insulated. Insulated, yeah. Insulated thing, yeah. Souls, yes. Insulated souls. So you insulated souls, you know, so he puts on the leggings, then he puts on a pair of sweats. Okay. All right, cool. And he puts on another pair of sweats. <laughs> All right, cool. So, you know, two pairs of sweats. Oh, whatever, and yeah. he puts on the... The uh, the windbreaker sweats. So I'm like, what the wind? All right, then he doubles up the socks. You know, that's normal. All right, cool. Puts the boots on. Then he puts on the you know the the, the regular long sleeve underarm on. This is when it really gets out of control. <laughs> like, this is when it really gets out of control. Now, mind you, Wick has about maybe about maybe literally about thirty different Somerville hoodies and all kinds right. of stuff. Every single one of them is worn on that game day. <laughs> things so, are stretched. Right, out. things are stretched out like a regular hoodie like this has four different layers underneath yeah. it, then Wiz stands up and is looking at me like, how do I look? Do I, do I look warm? I'm like, you look like a fool right now. Can't, can't hold his arms yeah, to can't. his side. <laughs> like Christmas story, like right. rolling out. Like, Does like, anyone have a picture of that? No, oh, we never oh, thought we, we never took a picture. That would but, go, you, but, but that's not even the worst part. It's the amount of body warmers and hand oh, warmers yes. and feet warmers he has yes. on his body. Yes. It really is like a thing, though. Like, it's like a, like a almost like a ritual, the way he has everything set out nice and neat. Very, very one very thing nice. at a time. <laughs> I just don't, I do not, I don't want to be cold. I don't even want to be thinking about being cold. Like, I don't even want to risk it. You know, oh, there's times I put on too many hand warmers. <laughs> I think it was either the first round. I put like a foot warmer, you, they stick to the bottom of your feet. 
Mm. I put one over the top of my foot, yeah. which is the skin's more way more sensitive there. Right. And we were like in the first quarter, I was like, my foot is burning. I'm gonna have burns on my feet when we get over it. This game's over. By the way, we all get the same like windbreaker pants. They right. championship game was like, I got something better. <laughs> <laughs> like wait. Yeah, it was, um, I was overdressed for this. Yeah. Amazon Prime is his best. Yeah, player. right. If, I wasn't, if these games were on TV, I wouldn't be able to dress. Right. Yeah. It was it's a legit thing. Well, on the topic of dressing for weather, it would be about 55, 60 degrees out. Oh, Savon would have two hoodies on and a, and a winter jacket. Let's talk about it's cold outside. Meanwhile, I was running around with with sweatpants on and shorts. I couldn't shirt. believe it. I'm like, and he's yes. like, you're not cold. I'm like, <laughs> no, because it's 60 degrees out. The sun is up. Like the sun's beating down on my neck, and he's any, out here. And any windshield and anything, I'm cold, man. And if, if I'm not playing in it, yeah. I'm cold. Yeah. Like that's just me. If I'm not that's playing so it, if I'm playing it, I'll wear literally nothing. So if Savon I ain't playing, jokes about Dallas, but he's also yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. When it comes to yeah. cold weather, they give me more flack for it, but he's the number one <laughs> on game day. Oh, you can best believe that. The game day. Have, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no That's doubt. amazing. No doubt. But back to the question, original question. So game one, it was honestly the cold. We were more prepared for the yeah. cold than the other team. 100%. Hands down. And that... And Why do you think that was? What did you guys do to... No, that, like, just the... Just coming out and preparing for the weather in general in high school to me it can make or break a team. So the team that we played, you could tell, like, they didn't want to be there because it was 20 degrees or 15 degrees, whatever it was. Yeah, like, you could just tell, like, don't want to be here. And then our kids, we got kids out out there, no sleeves, like, wanting to be, like, wanting to actually play the game. And that alone will help you win any game. Um, Did you guys do something to, like, instill that in them, like, in practice, or you... I just told him every week. I told him on Monday, like, listen, right. boys, it's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to be cold. Yeah. And I'm going to have a bunch of stuff on. And I don't care what you wear. Just be like, just be prepared for it. And I said, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Like, it's not going to affect why I want to lose. I don't want to hear about it. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be cold. So whatever yeah. you need to do to be prepared, yeah. be prepared for it. And I just tell him it's, I tell him that when it's hot or whatever we're doing, like, yeah. it's going to be hot. I don't need to hear anyone tell me it's going to be hot. Like, you're not there. We're all going to be out there. We're all going to be hot. We're all going to be uncomfortable. Just don't talk about it. Right. The same thing with it's being cold. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that definitely, it's like, it sounds silly, but it definitely. That's, that's real. That's it definitely yeah. helps. I mean, I I'm not saying every single person on the other team or on our team. Yeah. Is cool, but what it yeah. does is, like, when somebody's just not really engaged, it's like maybe, like, your sixth or seventh best player. Like, now all of a sudden it's cold. Yeah. And the guy doesn't want to be there right. and isn't playing hard or is checked out mentally. I mean, it, it certainly does play. Like, it ain't Division One. There's no space heaters. There's right. no jackets. Mm-hmm. Like, you are sitting out there and in 20 degree weather. weather. Yeah. And, like, you could be a sophomore on special teams, so you don't play for 30 minutes in a row. 30 and actual time minutes yeah. between mm-hmm. your two reps on kickoff coverage. Right. Well, like, you go out there and you don't run. Now, all of a sudden, your lane's out there and it's a touchdown in a playoff game. Yeah. So, so. That's crazy. Uh, so did you see win the first game? Yeah, he won the first game probably like 50-something to 12. Mm-hmm. 50 to 12. Um, I was really nervous for it going in. I mean, I'm like that for, for literally every single game. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that like if I was like a 21 personnel team and I just knew we can go run power and score 50 points, I probably wouldn't be as nervous. But like 
we got to do a lot of. We have to execute at a at a really high level. That's how I feel being a receivers coach in a spread offense. Like like you guys were saying, like they're all involved. Like when you're a receivers coach in a spread offense, there's so much pressure on you to make plays that again go back to like are kind of out of your control because so many things have to go right. But you have to be perfect because in the end you're you're the stopgap. You're you're the last line of defense catching the ball. Yeah, that shit is nerve wracking. When when you're running a team, when you're running an offense that throws the ball around and you're responsible for those guys, it's a flop. No, well, just yeah. stupid stuff could happen, like. On the first play, now you're down seven nothing, and all of a sudden, the other team has way more energy than you. And right. I'm, I'm, I, I can tell you, I'm legitimately, like, I'm never like we got this ever, ever, ever. <clears throat> like, like we won fifty to twelve was not like we got this. Right. Never like that in anything mm-hmm. that we've good though, we've scored sixty points in a game, and I've been. You scored eighty in a game, and we didn't feel like we won. Yeah, like I, that game was like but that's amazing. Was crazy. That's, if you want to ask me from here from a side, that I think is the core of why yeah, you guys are great. It's like yeah. that kind of there's always like forward thinking mentality and trying to make yeah. these guys better. And that game up. felt really close. Yeah, that's it was crazy. long too. Like that three game felt like a college game too. Seriously, yeah, it's like four hours long. Really, I just I, I'm pretty sure at one point I yelled at Dallas. I'm like. Can you stop scoring so I can go home? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you no. did say you're like, you're like, can we just take a knee? And I was just like, no. no. <laughs> he was like, it's a three score. It was, He's like, it's though. a three score game. But like the way the offense we were playing against could also score. That quarterback led the state in passing. Oh, yeah. Man. So like yeah. even that, even when we were up three scores, it was like we, we don't even know if that's yeah, enough. People think that we're running it up, but like I could tell you I honestly don't feel very comfortable only up by four touchdowns no no I'm dead serious I'm dead serious and I don't and then another thing people don't understand is um and you hear it from fans and parents and other coaches and stuff like that is like what we're actually trying to do so like I'm sorry that you only play cover three and four verticals keeps ripping on you (laughs) no but but really and that's not meant as like an insult but like we have to get better. Like, our best opportunity to get better. Like, our goal is to beat you that Friday night, whoever you are. But, like, we are trying to get better. And I think that, like, it's not... So we scored 30 points in the first half. Like, ah, oh, everybody should be getting in and all this stuff. Like, yeah, except what if... Like, we scored 30 points because, like, the corner fell down on the other... Like, we didn't... Sometimes you don't always do everything yeah, that it's you're trying to do. So, like, we're up. trying... You're trying to execute things. We're trying idea. to get better, and it's really... There's just this thought that, like, another thing that happened, because, like, we're throwing the ball. We didn't throw it that much this year. Um, the year before, we threw it a lot. Like, probably called 45 out of 60 plays. We called 45 pass plays a game. Like, whatever the attempts number was. Show. But, um, but uh, like, you can't be throwing it. Like, we would have problems with, like, another team. Like, my backup quarterbacks, and they're throwing the ball. We're up by 40. Like, you're getting better at what you do. But no, there's all these there's all these thoughts. Like high school football is is really I feel like like 20 years behind modern college football. Like that's like the lag period. Um, like you're just in the last three or four years, every team has just really started to go spread. I mean, like when like that that just started in, in college football. That was like 2000. In 2005 is when. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. That might not be the best example of no, it, I but what you're like, I can't believe how many teams I see run that don't team. run. Well, not even that. That don't run the stuff that we do. Like, in the, like every single play we run, uh, every run play that we run has a read. Like, is an yeah, option type yeah. play, and 
we don't really see that very often. Like yeah. we really don't. Um, That's crazy. You know, I will say too, uh, just off of that, um, maybe I would say New Jersey, but there's, and I'm not trying to downplay any coach, but there are some coaches who won multiple state championships and, you know, have great records, but they just have good players every year. Mm-hmm. And they so, right, right, right. So in their mind, <coughs> say if they have an off year for two or three years, why would they change anything even if it does like if it doesn't work there or say they had a thousand yard rush but they lost six games yeah they still feel like in their mind they accomplished something yep. because we run a pro style offense we do xyz all the time this happens you know down by down by power you know pull a guy and, and we go off and yeah we lost six games but you know what like nothing cha- nothing should change because this is what works mm-hmm. and i think you know as a coach in this era like what's saying like you got to evolve at some point because yeah. it's okay to do the power things and all those things but like what happened? Are you going to run power on third and long? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, what are you going right. to do now? Now you become predictable. Yep. Like, we know you can't throw the ball now because you don't have the receiver. You don't have the quarterback to do it. Yep. Now you're stuck in this bind. And, and I think, you know, even for us when we played Rumson, like, Rumson just ran the ball mm-hmm. all the time. Like, literally ran the ball. The kid, one kid had 24 carries and he had 84 yards. At one point, when, when are you going to try to test us deep? Yeah. yeah, test us deep. But yeah. you know what? They won four state championships in a row right. running right. the ball. So, right. like, why, in their mind, as coaches, I understand from their perspective, if I'm a coach and I have a 2,000-yard back in the backfield, I'm going to give the ball to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to change anything. Like, why, why you change believe it? Whatever you're Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, I think, you know, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. But as coaches, I think we still need to continue to evolve and find different, you know, ways to do the same thing, you know, whether yep. it be in the pistol or whatever yep. it may be, but find different ways to do the same thing because if you stick to that one thing, then it's going to, like, it's going to catch up to you sooner or later. It just is because there's teams out there that are learning different things, like, you know, Somerville, where we ran a, uh, an option or some other stuff before we got here, and we came here and did this and that, and with all the points we scored, and, and the year changed. Yeah, you know, that's so. really cool. All right, so, yeah. so so week two of the playoffs. Week two of the playoffs playing Monmouth Regional. Um, a team that, uh, you know, they were good, definitely good. I felt what's strange is, like, I go, it's it's funny. I should be, like, writing down how I feel about teams and then comparing them yeah. to what actually happens because apparently I don't know anything. <laughs> so, like, I was feeling pretty good about this game, like, as opposed to a game where I wasn't feeling good and we won 50 to 12 or whatever. Um, and you know, you obviously you're in the playoffs and you're playing teams like they're not there by accident, like they're there because they beat somebody to get there, so they're yeah. good, and they're playing, they're playing hard. Um, and so I think that we end up the halftime score was 14 to 12. The two point conversions weren't working. Yeah, we were 0 for two. We have 14 to 12, and it's like, wow, you guys are so smart when you're up eight nothing. You are an idiot when you were down 14 to 12. Um, but I think we ended up falling down 24 to 12 at the start of the fourth quarter. We had the ball. Yeah. We were down 24 to 12. And uh, we ran a trick play on like third down and eight. Ended up going ahead and scoring. And somehow we ended up winning 33 to 24 from being down by 12 at the start of the fourth quarter. We won by nine. Um, 
It's just like very hard to explain how yeah, this happened. It was a good team win. It was a good, and we before the week before we got to the playoffs, what were we losing by like twenty one in the fourth quarter and one? What uh, summit? Yeah, we were losing by twenty one in the fourth yeah, quarter. Twenty one. Yeah. We yeah. sent it to OT. That was crazy. That game we was phenomenal. To, yeah, we sent it to OT and and uh, and won that. So we had done that a couple times. Um, you know, you get all like, oh, you're a second half team. Like that's just. Nonsense! It's just you're not playing very hard in the first half because yeah, right. you think that you should walk out and beat the other team. Right, exactly. It's not we were a second half team. I was like, oh wait, so I'm not gonna be able to go 85% here and get this win. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we beat that team, and uh, in really like a hard, a hard fought game. Um, I, to be honest, it's, it feels so long ago that I'm trying to even remember the sequence of, of things that led up to us. To us, game. to us winning for Mammoth. Oh, yeah, I'm even trying to remember even when, when Robbie had that, that play. Oh, so here you go. So this is what won the game. Um, we were losing, and I don't think this even tied it, but like it was like third and eight, and and uh, we run three by one. We motion the, the X receiver, the single guy, yep. across. So it goes into four by one with a nub set. Yep. Um, and we run speed, I like running speed option into that. Um, of course, the corner just kind of sat, so it was a terrible play call by me. He didn't run with the motion. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so we ran speed option into that, except we only had six guys on the line of scrimmage. Because the other guys didn't, the, the other guys didn't, both, we didn't have two guys, didn't get on. And uh, our running back, who works as hard, works the hardest out of anybody, like worships Michael Burton. Really? Like that's, that's yeah, that's like his, yeah, exactly. So he gets it, the pitch is like, it's just like a perfect example of like where the players win the game and like you think as a coach, like you're doing a... He was a grown man that play. Yeah. Yes, he was. Grown like, man. St- like it should have been a two-yard game. He stiff-armed the kid. I mean, it was just like... Literally said, get off me, throw him to the awesome. ground. Literally. Kid fell, yeah. then scored. But that kid had to, could have tackled him in the backfield. Right. Momentum, swift, swing, the whole that's nine. Crazy. Yeah, and it just—it's great. You like you want that, but then like as a, the coach, it's like I just did a really awful job. Yeah, on that like play, just, and like we just still score. Going in motion in the right. corner, still standing where you're going. The play's going. Like, like, oh my god! In the like, in the pitch. Oh, oh the pitch was It was like a bad play, and he was just like, "Okay, I gotta take this play over," and just. Yeah. Just made it work. Everything, yeah. everything about the play up until the stiff arm was horrible. Like it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. We did a really bad job telling that story, like the whole game story. Yeah. But um, of course, Dallas honestly, that's exactly a great how the game play was. on the Instagram <laughs> as uh, social media. It should be on. All right, Instagram but so account. so you win that game. Now you're in the state championship. Take me through. So we get in the state championship, playing the team that beat us in the year before. Um, really good team. Really good program. They'd won it four, four championships in a row. Really good players. Um, won four. They were 19 and two. That was like that's their playoff record. Like up at some point, like 19 and two in the playoffs. Yeah. So they've won a lot um, of state championships. They won a lot, and uh, they'd won four in a row. If they'd beat us, it would have been their fifth. So, really good program. I mean, they have a, they have you know a defensive end that's six foot six, with a bunch of offers. And a bunch of other really, really good high school football players. And there's probably some other guys with offers that I just don't know, right. don't know about. But really good program. Um, and 
we're playing them at Rutgers. We get two weeks to prepare. Which is big. Which was big for us because we actually did we changed. That's up. also dope that you guys won the state championship at Rutgers. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. It was. That was pretty cool. Yeah, makes for a good podcast. It does. <laughs> yeah. it, does. Yeah. it does. You probably weren't driving all the way down here if we lost. No doubt about that. Might have been a speaker phone call. Or right. like that. If even that. Right. Um, it would have told us how the conversation went. I'd be like, hey, hey, call me next year and I'll win. Right. Right. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so just for us on offense, I mean, this team is physical. They're good. They're well-coached. They play hard. Hard. And um, so, like, you're not running the ball into them like nobody does, and we are not the team to do that. Right. Um, so, you know, we had we were playing two quarterbacks. Um, one was really athletic, probably the best playmaker on our team. Like make stuff happen, which is a big difference. One was very, the other quarterback was very good, like pocket style passer, knew everything, like coach's dream, coach on the field. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's like the classic, like movie. It's like, uh, what's the movie with Al Pacino? Where you have like the, oh, Daniel Quaid is the quarterback, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, what's Willie Beeman? Well, who is that? Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, yeah. um, you know, like, so you got a guy that's really mobile, runs around, makes yeah. a lot of stuff happen. You got a guy that knows everything, makes everything happen. Yeah. Um, so we decided we're really going to roll with the guy that's athletic enough because we just, we're going to have to make plays. Like, we're not just going to be able to, the, the coach isn't going to win this game. Like, right. if we're going to win, it's not going to be the like, oh, this play. play is dialed up, this guy <laughs> catches it and runs. Like, it's not, Please obviously, we're trying, we're trying to do that, but. Um, so we're gonna have to get some get some offense. So we're going a lot of RPOs. We don't really run like I would run a lot of RPOs. Like I know that's pretty much like 95% of college football in America. Um, but RPOs don't work in high school when the guy doesn't move. So true. Does not work. So, so like I came in here like no, that's like the classic. My 23 year old offense coordinator. We're gonna run RPO this, RPO that, RPO this, and like the guy ain't moving. And there's always a plus one defender because they're always one high. Yeah. So, like, you can't even do them. So, finally, we're playing a team, like, well-coached, regulated defense. Like, yeah. we line up in two-by-two. Two. That's how it's going to look. Like, I could game plan this team for real. Yeah. And um, so we're running stick draw out of empty. We're running some quarterback counterplay RPO that I don't know if I made it up. I saw, like, Rutgers running some variation of it. And that was really what helped us just be able to move the ball um, and the two week having two weeks to do that yeah really helped a lot and that was when you talk about like i felt really good about what our game plan was because i had a concrete i actually had a game plan mm. you know most times like i said earlier in this like you don't always have film on the team you don't like you can't game plan or like or the film is terrible yeah, That's or, yeah exactly where the films the guys like filming it and it's shaking the whole time yeah. and <laughs> so you have sometimes you really don't it's like what are we doing like I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll shoot from the hip when we get yeah. out there on the field because you don't have any film. Yeah. But so for this, is like we're playing the best defense by far, and I felt as good about it because cool. they were well-coached, so I felt defense. like I could yeah, actually control. I've always enjoyed playing well-coached teams more at the D3 level. It's easier to Because like, you play. know what they're going to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was fun. We were able to hit a, our RPOs really ripped. We were in empty the whole game. For the most part, we never really ran a lot of empty yeah. the whole so year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, didn't run all. Yeah, we didn't run any of our Wildcat stuff. Um, they were in three by one. The ball's on the hash. Oh, huge little thing. You could add this in there. 
they used the college hashes instead of high school hashes, which are wider. They kept spying all the college hashes, so which is huge because that means we can go three by one, we can go empty three by two, and there's still stuff in the boundary. Like yeah, if you play in the high school hash, if you're a good defense, it's so much wider. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, like the split width, like you can't do anything to that side. Yeah. So they kept spotting the ball on the college hash, which was fantastic. That's we kept running amazing. jet sweeps out of empty into it, which would not have worked as effectively. Um, those are little things that I think are dope about this podcast. Like, no one understands like those little things about football that that no one on TV would ever know. But like, yeah. that's really well, like, so we're we're that, talking about it. Yeah. So we're going into the game. I was like, you know what? I was like, they're not going to have the high school hashers on this field. Like sometimes they like at MetLife. They do. They, they do because they have the NFL hashes. And you can't right. spot that. Like that's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I wonder if they're going to do this. So then Mike Bamonte's helping us out for this playoff run. And so he's watching Manalpin, who played at Rutgers at like, I don't know, one o'clock or something like that. So they played two games before us, and he's watching the uh, the game on the internet live stream on the internet, and he's like, they're spotting the ball outside the high school hashes. I'm like, damn, yeah, Yeah, outside. I'm like, they're spotting on the high school hashes. I'm like, oh, I thought we really have one there. And then uh, I guess just as the game goes on, like it's just hard to remember that as an official. You keep putting the ball on, like, oh, there's the hash mark. That's because you rep all these games not in that stadium and you just put it on the hash mark, put it on the hash mark. Um, so that was actually like a real subtle advantage that helped us out tremendously because wow. it was able to give, because I knew they were going to defend the field. So like they would put their, I mean, I don't know how you call it. So like whoever the field, that you had your field safety, they would line him up over the number two receiver. Um, and we're always three receivers to the field, two into the boundary and empty in this game. And they put their weak side safety, they put him on the hash. So there was nobody over number two. So we just were running quarterback counter, which is really guards kicking out the end. The quarterback's going to run in or around the kickout block, and he's going to read the linebacker, the cover down linebacker, as that other guy runs a seam with nobody there. It's like that guy runs up, throws to him, 40-yard touchdown. That's and we probably idea. had 100 yards when that guy wouldn't run up. They there was started, nobody there to tackle. Yeah, they started showing their hand, too. They started pushing their weak side safety over to the three – three receiver side and it was like well we just keep running it until they adjust and then we just go back to the other play that we had and I that's something Dallas does well but doesn't do enough is when something works he gets he gets away from it and I'll be like we gotta go back to that and then he goes back to it and it's like okay here's another 40 clip here's another touchdown so it's something he needs to work on is just calling things that actually continue to work. <laughs> I've called inside zone five plays in a row for three first downs before. Just so you know. So I have done that. But we did, no, but that we did get it. Like when I watch, go back and watch the game, we definitely kind of like, like it's first of all, one, it's way easier to do when you go watch the game. It's like, oh, none of those plays worked. I should have been yeah. running the ones that yeah, worked. Yeah, right. But um, that was definitely one way I felt about, did, I did truly feel about that. Like it's the two, three and outs in the fourth quarter. We definitely could have been doing some, uh, yeah. going back to the bread and butter. Um, but it was just an awesome game. What's incredible, too, though, is like two different contrasting styles. So we try to go really fast, and we do. We can definitely go faster. It's hard. It's really legitimately going tempo in high school. Um, a, probably 70% of the games, the referees slow you down. But so that's what your kids get used to. Yeah. So now you get a good set of referees, the ball's getting spotted, and they're ready to go. Like our kids are used to having that extra like eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Rumson is just is like a pro style, really well coached pro style. Pro style. I mean, like they're the shifting ball, tight ends defense. and then motioning yeah. and, and finding leverage. And they're like they have like eight minute drives. Yeah. 
though it's like they start off the ball in the second half. It's like oh, we're not getting. So if they have anybody driving, you we were started. Out, like, we stopped our first our two. first half of the of the Rumson game. We ran thirty plays. Uh, almost every game before that, we had no. It wasn't like twenty two. No, it was like it was like it was in like either like high twenties or it was like thirty. But it wasn't a lot. Our average was like forty to forty five. For a half, so that's how many little plays and how many little times we got the yeah, ball. And one of the we had the ball like four times, and one of them was a two-minute drill. Yeah. So it's like, and then the third quarter we got the ball back with three minutes left. So we got the ball back with three minutes yeah. left in the third quarter, and I mean it just they just run the ball and they do it really well, and they're gonna sit in the huddle, and it's awful. It is like I just <laughs> yeah. sit there and I'm just like, oh my god, like. And not to mention the game. The games go really fast when you're doing that because there's no TV timeouts, there's no stoppage. Um, yeah, that was just like that's an awful feeling because they did the year, when they beat us, they had like a nine minute drive, and it's like, well, you can't score forty points when you have the ball for half as much time as you used to. Um, but so we were up fourteen to eight. You know, you're in like really a game. You go into it. I feel like if we play hard, play well, we can win. That's the type of game it was. But, like, if we don't, we're not winning. Yeah. If we turn the ball over, we're not winning. Yeah. Like, that was the margin is, you right. know, is, is really slim, um, like it is when in any championship game or when two good teams play each other. And you probably get to that point. I would think a lot of people feel this, where, like, you go into a game, you're nervous about it. Like, you know you can win. You think you can win. You don't know you can win. Right. So, like, once we get up, we're up in the, like, late in the third quarter, 14 to 8, and it's like, Damn, we really can, like, we're probably winning this thing. Yeah. Like, we're probably winning this, like, this team. And they have this, mis- and, like, you're playing a team that has, like, the mystique. It's, like, the classic, like, you know, it would yeah, make a bad movie, but it, you could make a movie out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah like, right. like, oh, like, now we can we can win this thing. Um, and we go three and out twice on offense, and they score. They get the ball, and they score with three minutes left. And it's uh, 50, we... Didn't get our two-point conversions. We only had we got the first one, didn't get the second one, so it's 14 to 8. They scored 14-14, kicked the extra point. The extra point bangs off the side of the goalpost. You're thinking like, wow, it didn't go in, and it just barely went in off the other side. Wow. Um, so it's 15-14. We have the ball with like three minutes and 20 seconds. Um, Practice two-minute. Yeah, I mean, one of the things like, so All that talk about football you've been playing. Well, not even just that. Go. Yeah, not even <laughs> that, but like one of the things that we do, and I – I would think most high school teams, a majority of them, don't do it. But we every single Thursday we do two minute drill, um, so we get the ball back with three minutes left. But it's essentially a, two, a, a two minute drill. And we get to like a third and eight, and it's like, oh geez, like third and eight on the first, like yeah, right out of the gate. Usually yeah. when you watch when you get two minute drill, like you pop open, like well, you they, get a first down. Anyone, will, everyone will always tell you the most important play with two minute drive is the first play. Mm-hmm. You get that completion, get it going. Like even if it's like a six yard gain, like just get it rolling. Got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And um, third and eight, our quarterback gets like pockets there. What happened? Like starts to break down, scrambles out to his left and throws this like Teddy Bridgewater scrambling Louis shovel pass Louis. like he used to do at Louisville. Yeah. Um, on third and eight to our running back who like just barely like has to reach all the way back, catches it. And run, breaks a tackle or two tackles or something like that. Runs, gets the first down. So like, huge, out of balance too. Yeah, and out of bounds. Huge, huge play of the game for us. And then um, we do two other things. I think we maybe drop a pass, something, and we're right back in third and eight again. <clears throat> and we go. All right, so we're figuring it's definitely two down territory here. 
I want to try to make a manageable fourth down. They're playing off, so I feel like we're going to go all hitch, and we're going to mm-hmm. take the best leverage on third and eight, and maybe we'll catch it, we'll gain five, and period, and then if we don't do it, we maybe can get a first down yeah, out of yeah. it, but we'll have three, and we're going to try to you know, not make it fourth and eight. Right. That's the whole goal there. Um, we call all hitch, which is 66 in our offense. Quick game is our numbered in the 60s, so 66 is all hitch. 96 is F cross. Half the guys run F cross. <laughs> and uh, so that's going to all hitch is going to have a different name in our offense next year uh, that happened way too many times so yeah so we drop back the guy the boundary the three by one you know like your access hitch on the backside. that guy runs a post curl because he thinks it's 96 not 66 the uh the inside slot guy who you like to throw the hitch to runs across because he thinks it's 96. 96 so then the quarterback's like oh so he starts scrambling. That one of the hitches converts in the scramble drill. We catch that for like a forty, I, like I don't really know how many yards, but like forty, like brings us down inside the four or five That's yard line. Unbelievable. And um, so, yeah, it was huge. Like you, like when you call it, it's like, oh my god, like what are we doing right here? Yeah. Like this guy's running up, and it's like, oh my god, oh my god, yes. Yeah. Right. right. Um, <laughs> and just like players That's making, crazy. yeah, players making plays. That's it. That's all we've got for this episode of the Sideline Hustle podcast. Like I told you guys, I really think this was a special episode with with four really special guys, uh, guys that I've been through a lot with and, and, and guys that have been through a lot with each other and, you know, really came together and built a really unbelievable team last year and have built quite a culture uh, at Somerville, one that resulted in a state championship last year. So I hope you guys enjoyed everything that we had to talk about during this episode. And and if, if you want to know more or you have more questions for, for us or, or for them, uh, follow the Somerville High School football page at Ville Football on Instagram, V-I-L-L-E Football on Instagram. Uh, like I mentioned to you as well, uh, Savon Huggins runs a training business, a mindset motivational company. Uh, you know, he's the star of the show called Do It, D-O-W-I-T, Do Whatever It Takes. Um, it's kind of a, a slogan he's been living by since his, he was a, a running back at St. Peter's Prep. And, you know, just a bunch of great guys and, and, and really excited to have them on the show. Would love to do this again with them sometime, talk some New Jersey football and, and really just get into some more subjects there's so much so much experience so much knowledge and and you know we're all young guys that kind of have a similar mentality in the way we approach the game and the way we approach the coaching profession so i really enjoyed it i hope you guys did as well if you got questions you want to contact me directly you know where to find us at sideline hustle on instagram and twitter uh if you haven't heard already we are this is the first week of our cutters glove giveaway we are looking for the best examples of violent blocking in space by skilled position players running backs tight ends wide receivers i've been flooded with dms since we announced it uh monday morning Morning. And, you know, just excited to keep this thing going and, and, and hopefully give a, give out a, a good pair of gloves to someone who's deserving. But there's been a lot of good submissions already. Make sure you get your blocking in space examples to me by Thursday, August 30th at 8 p.m. That's when we will close all submissions and I'll announce a winner on Friday. Uh, that's all we got. Thank you guys for joining us. I will see you next time. Peace. Past days, yeah, I'm trapped.